behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Minnesota Vikings fans, it is that time of the year. It is that time of the year. You guys smell it. Oh. You guys hear it. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that me? Sorry. (laughs) You should have put on deodorant today. But. Should have taken a shower. You smell it, AJ. That that last one hurt. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. You guys smell it. You can feel it. You can feel it in the atmosphere. It it is playoff football time. It is the time of the year that we all look forward to. And this year, the Vikings are participating in the playoffs, unlike last year. Mm. 13 and 4. Mm-hmm. They are here. Yes, we're going to talk some wild. We're going to talk some Timberwolves, maybe even a little Twins, you yeah, know, some yeah. news there. Yeah, yeah. But we got to talk with playoff football. The voice you hear is Artis Woods. I'm with the normal squad, the normal crew, Jason Stormer, AJ Fredrickson. Before we get into this, guys, how you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling good. Uh, like you said, uh, it's playoff time. It's been three years, Artis. Three years since we've been able to smell this type of thing, man. And, and I'm ready to go. I'm pumped. Look. Nobody believes in this Minnesota Vikings team. At least all the naysayers don't. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll we'll get into the podcast and we'll see how the rest of us believe. But I'm not listening to any of that right now. I'm trying to really enjoy this ride because more than anything, I don't know how you guys feel. I, I'm really just kind of appreciating what the season is has what they've accomplished. 13 wins, man. Yep. Tied for second most in franchise history, and it just. No matter what's going to happen here, this wasn't a season that the Vikings were, I think, supposed to have. And I'm feeling a little bit thankful today. How about you, AJ? I am <laughs> treating this playoff like approach like a horror movie. Oh. In the oh. sense that in the sense that I don't know what's coming around the corner. You know what I'm saying? Like which cuz somebody's somebody's getting killed. I just don't know how, like, are the Vikings the final girl? Are they going to get to the end and and overcome the obstacles? Or are they the throwaway character that goes and looks for, like, you know, it's like, hey, go grab some some more brews out back, and then they get stabbed before we even get past the opening credits. So, um, but we'll, we'll get into that. For the time being, they end with a win over the Bears at the end of the regular season. I didn't, nobody got insanely hurt, so that's a win in my book. Although I'd like to talk about the playing time of some individuals in that game here in a minute. <laughs> I don't know. There were some guys that I'd wanted on bubble wanted in bubble wrap a little a little sooner than uh than actually played out. I don't know. Well, I kinda like just me personally, I talked last week about how I wanted to see some guys play. I want to see most of the guys play. I was shocked at how long they did play. I was like, Oh wow, it's still the whole half. Whole second half. quarter, they're still the game. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, that's nice. You know, once the starters came out, I was like, All right, I'm turning the channel. I don't really want to <laughs> the rest of this is irrelevant we saw enough preseason football in the preseason and analyze that this is more so this game was to just get everybody keep everybody i should say in the rhythm of the game mm-hmm. and you know i i i didn't mind it for the most part i do mm-hmm. think it got to a point where it was a bit excessive you know but again coming off of last week's loss the way they lost it was like you know what i, I don't i don't necessarily mind it and it worked out because like AJ pointed out, no major injuries. And so it's like, hey, in, in a way it worked out. You kept everybody fresh. Kirk Cousins looked good. I thought the team for yeah. the most part looked good. End of the half was a little weird. That was a little weird. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook still fumbling. That's a little weird. <laughs> um, but all in all, I liked what I saw. I wasn't really paying attention to the like out, actual, like the actual outcome of the game. I was more so like, yeah, let's just 
it's one of those just keep everybody fresh, keep everybody going for the playoffs. So I didn't necessarily mind it. I mean, once I heard that the Bears were starting Nathan Peterman, I couldn't oh, take this game seriously. In man, the first it, I, that's such a low blow. I'm sorry. AJ, Nathan Peterman is a better I'm athlete so than I, I will ever be. AJ, and I just insulted him it for no threw, reason. It threw off our predictions, and I'm so <laughs> I'm so mad about that, bro. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm I, like, oh, sorry about that. I saw that because really we, we, we recorded last Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And that came out, I think, like Wednesday at noon. Yeah, yeah, not long after. It like six hours after the show was posted. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it, as soon as I saw that, Nathan Peterman getting the nod. You've got to be kidding, dude! Me. I start, <laughs> I start sweating. Are you kidding me? I was shaking after I heard that news. I got more nervous. I don't know about y'all. Thomas the Tank Engine over here. Hey, is what they no, just threw in. Dude, that's God. one of my favorite all-time childhood like toys slash shows. What what were Thank the for what were the that. Texans doing by the way? Winning a ball game for pride for Lovey Smith, who they fired anyway. So, Another head coach think, gone down there. I think their mindset going into the draft is we all know they're gonna they're gonna draft a quarterback, and they're thinking, hey. The Chicago Bears, they're not going to draft a quarterback. What if Chicago trades their pick? But Chicago that's is, possible. They're that's trading. possible. But that's it. I thought about this. I, everybody that I've seen is already saying, like, it's almost expected that they're going to trade back and all this stuff. Would it be the most Chicago Bears thing ever to just, we're just going to take the best defensive player off the board, Will and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're just going to settle. And then it doesn't matter. So that's, um, that's I could see them doing that, but at the they same time, they could get a huge haul though if they traded that pick with the quarterback class. Remember that's available they, right here, allegedly. Remember they when could they tra- get so much. Remember when they traded up against nobody to draft Mitchell Trubisky? Oh, I love, I love Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. One of my favorite yeah. Bears. Passed on Mahomes, passed on Watson. Oh my gosh, that was. Oh, it's okay they passed on Watson. Well, kind of okay <laughs> that they passed on Mahomes too, because nobody expected him to be no. what he was. But at the same time, I mean. Now, in hindsight, okay, yeah. probably a good idea that you passed on Watson with everything that's happened. But at the time, mm-hmm. in his first couple years in the league, it's like, what mm-hmm. the heck were you guys yeah. thinking? Yeah. And no, Mr. Jabisky is, is lucky to be on the roster. It was <laughs> funny. There were, like, Bears fans in, like, the Soldier Field Rotunda, like, in the hallways and stuff like that watching the game and literally cheering on the Texans to victory so they could acquire the number one pick. I I, I don't know when the last time the Bears have even had the number one pick. It, it's been a long time. It's but been a little bit. They they are I mean we won't dwell on this game too much because we we got the playoffs to preview right but yes if we have to talk about the Bears for a second they are in a pretty dang good spot I mean we talked about them having the number one overall pick but they already probably have their quarterback of the future too they got the most cap space by like a really wide margin going into next year um, the Bears might be a, an issue in the NFC North for a couple of years now coming up because they could go all in next year um, in terms of free agent spending or whatever, build around Justin Fields, get him a wide receiver, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, scares me a little bit. They don't scare me right now, but I'm no. just I'm just thinking ahead. That's just they got they got to make the right decisions, and it's all got to pan out like it how it has worked so out so far. so far. You know, Ryan Poles uh, has done a decent job with this. Ta- this this was a good tank. They this they was a good are tank. they are. A ways away from thirteen and four taking over the NFC North. Though. This is true, so, though. Just saying, but when I, you got a lot I, of money. There's before, a lot you can do. Before we talk about Minnesota Vikings playoff football, mm-hmm. can we do just, just it, it'll 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 make me happy. Oh, to do a little a little trolling today Ow. to our rivals. Ooh. We saw the Green Bay Packers with everything on the line. 
go down to the Detroit Lions in dramatic fashion. I got nothing but respect for the Detroit Lions after that. They've had a successful season by Detroit Lions standard. They have a winning record. And they're like, if we're not going to make it, the Packers aren't going to make it either. And we, hey, we all heard all the, the Packers fans, how they talked after they beat the Vikings. And even I was like, hey, this team might sneak in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah. All of that just to drop a dud in the last <laughs> game of the season and get bounced before the playoffs even happens. That was special. That, that was special. It's so funny because, like, everything except for that went their way. <laughs> everything. They, everything. The teams that needed to lose lost. Mm-hmm. The games they needed to win, they won. They have a home game week 18, and they know because of the flex, if they win, they're in. I mean, not, not, I guess not even because of the flex, but they, they know where they would be no matter what. Facts. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks, they, they did their job, which is super unfair to them because if that game gets played at the same time, there's a lot of, like, you know, screen watching on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. But it's the same. It's the... Which I don't know how they didn't learn the NFL from last year. We had that almost tie that everybody other than Pittsburgh fans wanted last season. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, you, you have that game. It's at home. Everything is going your way. And then Jared Goff. Yes. And then Jamal Williams. My guy. They, I, he is, if he's not. Leader it, of the village of the den. He yes. is insane. I. He is. It, he, he's one of those, like, there's guys in sports that. I don't care if it's even your rival, you can't hate him. Like, yep. no, yeah. if, as like as a in baseball, as a Cubs fan, I can't hate Joey Votto. He's just that good. <laughs> yeah. Football, I don't care who your rival is. Jamal Williams is awesome. He is. He's he is. awesome. He he seems just like a genuine guy. He he seems like a pretty good role model. The fact that he was going to be able to that he went in to Lambeau Field, put up not one but two touchdowns to help end their season. Yep. After they kicked him to the curb, mm. oh god, it's, it's just so, so justice. I love, um, I love when stuff. Like I think that Jamal just Williams just became like the Pat Bev of the NFL. Wow. Maybe not in terms of maybe Pat Bev's intensity, but in terms of like a guy that everybody kind of looks at and just like, man, if there's an energizer bunny that everybody loves to have on their team, but maybe you really hate playing against, it maybe is that guy. He he's super fun to watch, and he's. Just the the emotions that he wears on his sleeve. You don't see a lot of football players wear it quite like him, and it's just incredible. But back to the Packers really quick. We've talked about emotional letdowns with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. And what did I mention on last week's podcast? I thought there was a chance that the Packers played their Super Bowl game against the Minnesota Vikings and put all on the field. Turned out to be the absolute case. Um, I'm not going to say they didn't necessarily – like. They, they showed up and they played a competitive game. Like they didn't no-show against the Lions. Mm-hmm. But you could tell just from the very beginning, just something was off. And we saw just the stupid decisions by some of their players. Quay Walker, what are you doing, my man? Yeah. What are And this is the second time it's happened. This is the second time he's gotten into a trainer's face. And right after everything with DeMar Hamlin, you stay out of a trainer's way no matter what's right now. Mm-hmm. Young man, learn from that. Yeah. Learn, And I'm sure people were in his face about it. If he didn't see it already from people watching, like people on TV, social media, I'm sure he had it talking to. He's a rookie. He can bounce back from that. And But, I mean, you saw the video of him in the tunnel, too, kind of th- 
looked like he was throwing a tantrum. It almost looked like he was saying, like, well, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And or, it's just, or I don't I don't know I, if it was the I didn't do anything. I think he, I think he was more so beating himself up because okay. he yeah. knew I've he, seen, I think he knew okay. he messed up. I admit that I've seen people interpret like lip readings of that. So I am mm. I'm I that statement is me piggying back of maybe also, something that's not true. I admit that. Also, for everybody out there listening, the last thing we're doing in the year twenty twenty three is making fun of men for crying. We're crying. We're crying in twenty twenty three. As we're praising Jamal Williams. For, let, as we're praising Jamal Williams for crying, I also maybe just tore down a man for doing it. I don't uh, know. Anyway, it, but still. I, 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 it did appear to me as he was like, I can't believe I just did that. I'm so yeah. upset with myself. Mm-hmm. Not Yeah. Because I saw I saw the I, the takes of kind of what you were saying and not, not, not like saying you were wrong because we don't know. Yeah. yeah. But I, 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 I think it was that because you have to like, although he did just make an incredibly stupid decision doing that. I don't think he's five years old. He's not going to be like, I can't believe like that. Why would they call him? He's like, I know I can't touch that guy there. That's so stupid. The biggest, the biggest thing. And the thing is on that drive, they were running the ball huge or they were picking up huge yardage on first downs. (sighs) Huge. That was the first play of that drive that they held them to five or less yards. And then he does that automatic first down killer. Yeah. Killer. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so delicious, guys. It is. It's so it is. good. Uh, like, I even texted this to Declan and Phil. I said, this is my hottest take maybe of the week. Losing to them, maybe not in the fashion that we did, but losing to them to set up this just epic failure in week 18 almost kind of wasn't worth it. Because <laughs> let's admit, for a lot of Vikings fans, and I'm definitely probably one of them, mm. seeing the Packers lose Feels almost as good, as if not Vikings as win. good, as a Vikings win, especially in these massive, massive moments. Like, I felt this way against the Niners last year in the two NFC Championship games, the two years previous. Like, it's just been, I really, chef's kiss to the Green Bay Packers for yeah. just giving me these just wonderful, delicious, like, wonderful collapses that we get to just talk and reminisce about and just be very thankful for. Shout out to the Green Bay Packers. Shout out to those Cowboys. Oh, oh my goodness. The troll league is not done. Oh, it is ahead. not done. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Go ahead. How about those Cowboys? I just want to throw that out there. You got to get a hat. You got to get a Cowboy hat. I just, just a how about those Cowboys? I, I yes. just, just, you know, for, for, for these moments, for these moments mm-hmm. where they just, they just lay an egg or everybody's like, okay, they might sneak up and win a division. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they might sneak up and get the first seed. Oh my gosh. They might lose to a third string quarterback. Quarterback named Sam. I was about to say, Howell. I don't even know. His, I didn't know who it was. <laughs> Sam Howe. Oh, talk about <laughs> glorious. Talk about the biggest smile on my face. 20, was it 26 to 6? Dak Prescott mm. still throwing pick sixes. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, 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 the Packers loss and the Cowboys loss. I just I had to make sure yes. we talked about that slightly because that that that, <laughs> that that was just beautiful. Yeah. It's just just beautiful, and this, just this, to see Cowboys fans just silent for this whole week because they know they are going into the playoffs cold, and they're going into the playoffs cold on the road against the goat. Oh my uh, gosh, they're going night. home. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm glad you bring this they up because. I'm glad you bring this up because I want to kind of like take inventory of all the NFC right now as we're going into the playoffs. I kind of want to examine all these teams right here, starting with the Eagles, the number one seed. Or should we start from the from, should we start from the bottom and work our way up? It, either Doesn't or. matter. I said the Eagles. Let's just go with the Eagles. And you love the Eagles. 
Let's start with the Eagles. Let's start with the inventory with the Eagles right now. Obviously, they got the one seed. Mm -hmm. Probably the most all-around talented team in the NFC, too, both offensively and defensively. I think you have the most balance of weapons on that team throughout throughout any other team in the NFC. It's the injury issue, potentially, with the Eagles, though, right? But they got a bye week. We'll see what that hopefully does for Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, and some other guys, too. Let's move down the list. Let's start with the Niners. Probably the favorite maybe to come out of the NFC in most people's minds. I know a lot of people still like the Eagles. I think maybe that's really one and two for people, but a lot of people like the Niners. Mm -hmm. But I got to admit, third string quarterback, too. I know Brock Purdy's showing out, and it's worked very well, but that was the regular season. These are the playoffs, Yes, and it's going to be different. Will he be able to handle that? I think the rest of the team will be able to, but will he? Remains to be seen. I think he's in the perfect environment to thrive, though. But we'll see what happens. Uh, we move to the four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, three. To, well, well, skipping uh, the Vikings. we're skipping okay, the Vikings because okay, okay, okay. we'll obviously talk more Vikings right. and stuff. And probably the Giants, too. But we'll, we'll skip them. Go to the Buccaneers. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they yeah. are. <laughs> I know, right? That's all you can really say. You don't really know what to make of them. Because you know what they can be, obviously, with who's playing there. Mm-hmm. But they have been the most inconsistent team and obviously the worst team out of anyone in the NFC. So it's just like, okay, they could show up, but will they? But it's Tom. Yeah. And you can't count them out. So even though the record is putrid, still got a decent defense. And maybe Mike Evans is finally starting to heat up for them and stuff like that. They'll get a win. Um, They'll get a win. The Giants? <laughs> The Giants, or no, excuse me, the Cowboys, excuse me, the Cowboys are next. The Cowboys, we just talked about them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there, is look, up, there is some upside, though. There is the some thing upside. Is, they, they, still, they can play. They, they can, can get blown to... out in the first game, or they can blow everybody. That's true. It's really just who wants to show up that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, like, as much as you want, you, as much as you enjoy taking stabs at them like that, yes. you ha- you have to admit, just like last week I was talking about how the Packers were looking good. Mm-hmm. When they are on the top of their game, the, the Cowboys can beat anybody. They can, they're very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. But they might be dealing with some injury issues, too. I don't know. Is Tony Pollard back for them yet? Tony Pollard, Did he play? Tony Pollard is back. Okay. Um, Zeke has been dealing with, like a, I think, like a little knee injury. that but okay. He's back from that. I don't know what's going on with Micah. He got some type of hand injury. He's got, like, a club on last time I saw him on the field. That sounds um, more dangerous, actually. Oh, yeah. Like a Parsons with a club. Yeah, but <laughs> Terrifying. I think, yeah, but I think he'll be fine. Um, okay. The sec- their secondary has been banged up for like half the year. Because about Besides to say Trayvon Diggs, everybody in the secondary seems yeah. to be hurt. Because Dak has been incredibly inconsistent, turning the ball over a lot. And if Tony Pollard isn't a hundred percent, that's their big ground game chunk gainer right there. Because I'm sorry, Zeke's. Zeke's not the same guy. Zeke's good for those small. Zeke, Zeke is there, Jamal Williams. Exactly. For the goal line and for maybe, you know, anything that's like within five yards of a first down, something like that. He's not, I mean, he'll get something every now and then, but he's not busting out those like 30 yarders that Tony Pollard can. Mm-hmm. So we'll see about the Cowboys. The Giants themselves. Um, I think a lot of people are are up on this team. I mean, Especially because, let's be honest, they played backups against the Eagles starters last week. And they put they up played a, good. They played really, they came back a little bit too. Um, they've got a bye week. They've got an essential bye week. And, you know, they're a six seed. So for them to get pretty much a bye week being able to rest all their starters like that, I think a lot of people like the Giants. And I think a lot of people don't like the Vikings either. And so I, I heard something like there was like a ton of money, like over 90% of the money 
um, in Vegas was going on to the Giants or something like that. So wow. I know a lot of people are favoring them. Um, they got a good running game with uh, Daniel Jones and Saquon. You got to put them together because both of them can attack you, I think, fairly equally. But will that defense hold up? I know that D-line is pretty good. Um, but other than that, I mean, we'll see. And then lastly, the Seattle Seahawks, who probably are one of the more tested teams Mm -hmm. just because Pete Carroll's been there for so long. Um, They still have a decent amount of veterans um, from previous regimes. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are beasts too. And Kenneth Walker has really emerged as really when he's healthy. I know he's dealt with some uh, issues lately. Uh, Gino is, we'll, we'll see there. I mean, he's been, didn't he set like the record for like most like, passing yards for a Seahawks quarterback. He like broke one of Russell Wilson's records or may something have, like that. I'm not so, sure but how viable are they in the playoffs? I'm not really well, sure. Honestly, I think the Seahawks are, I, I think they got the worst possible draw in the first round. Uh, yes. I think if they, I think if they were to play anyone else in the NFC, that team will be on upset alert because they do have the firepower to take you out. Gino is super accurate, one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the league this year. Mm-hmm. You got DK and Tyler Lockett opposite each other, and they are very, like, they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. I just think they're going home in the first round because they got the 49ers in the first round, and the 49ers have had their number all year. I will say it is hard to beat a team three times, Thank and you. they will be seeing Seattle for the third time this year. So that should be interesting, but – I, they're not going to beat them, honestly. If they saw anyone else in the NFC, I would be like, I think the well, I wouldn't pick them against Philly, but <laughs> I will be, I would be nervous if they had to play Philly. Okay, so okay, I, the Seahawks are dangerous if they play anybody outside of the 49ers, but they're yeah, not. they've just had so many up and down games that it's just like again, well, I mean, similar to the Vikings, you don't really maybe know exactly who's going to show up. Yeah, um, I mean, speaking of the Vikings, we can talk about. Them, themselves, maybe just like how they stack up against the NFC. Uh, I really just, just based off what I've heard, guys, I really truly believe that no matter who the Vikings were playing this week, I think most people would probably pick against the Vikings. I know that the line right now is the Vikings are favored by three. So even though like a lot of money is going on in the Giants in Vegas, Vegas themselves is still picking the Vikings to ultimately win this game. Uh, The over under is 48 and a half. So, you know, that's pretty pretty standard stuff, even though, you know, this will be in a dome and stuff like that. So um, what do you guys think the Vikings may need to do differently, though, this time around against the Giants? I'm very curious about this because I think they did an okay job stacking things up against Saquon. Uh, Daniel Jones was able to run a little bit decent, too. But um, what I noticed the most, though, is that they had receivers that I never heard of got involved. And I know that guys like Richie James and Austin Hodges have really uh, gotten going for them lately. But I don't know. I'm curious about like what you guys' thoughts of just like what you want to see the Vikings do differently. Maybe not even necessarily against the Giants specifically, but just what do you guys want to see that they just haven't done yet all year? Because you got you to do something different in the playoffs. You got to do something a little bit different or maybe just like what things do you want to see them well, do more of that? Well, they just haven't had there. There's a couple things. Honestly, I want to see them run the ball a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I want not to not completely dedicate themselves to running the football because we all know this is a pass first offense, but I do want them to run the ball a little bit. Uh, we all know the running game is important in the playoffs. Time of possession is important in the playoffs. Um, obviously you want to see a bit more from the defense. I don't know if you will come playoff time. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we've seen in the regular season is probably something that continues 
in the postseason because that's just it just is what it is at this point. Got to keep up with the turnovers. Got to continue to, you know, be opportunistic on defense. But, again, the defense is kind of going to be what it's going to be. Um, But I think the biggest thing outside of making sure they run the ball a little bit more, um, getting stops on defense, more so turnovers on defense, is still what are you going to do when defenses try to take away Justin Jefferson and he can't go for the normal 150 and, you know, however many – receptions or however many touchdowns in a football game. Um, That's going to be super important because it may not rear its ugly head in this game against the Giants. I don't believe it will. However, um, any other NFC team, I mean, you got some pretty good defenses in the NFC that have corners that can do a dang good job on um, Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to play Temple, you got to deal with Carlton Davis. You got to play Philly, you got to deal with Darius Slay. You got to play Dallas, you got to deal with um, uh, I'm about to say Stephon Diggs, not Stephon, Trayvon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's a lot of different, you know, and obviously the 49ers defense is the 49ers defense. We we, we know what they're about. Um, and so maybe not this round, but that needs to be emphasis going forward. Like, okay, what is the backup plan? What is the backup plan? It was, by the way, it was nice to see Dillon get in the end zone this past week. Yep. But what is the backup plan if J.J. isn't having a big – isn't having a great game. Do we run the ball more? Do we target Hawkinson even more? I don't know if that's really a good option. Do we try to, you know, get the ball to K.J. Osborne uh, more? Because K.J. has been pretty solid these last couple weeks. He's been stepping up in a big way. Um, So they got to figure that out. Um, But those are probably my three major things. Run the ball more effectively. Run it more often. Figure out what you're going to do if J.J. is not dominating a football game and continue to create turnovers on defense. I like what you said. Um, my thing is, you said what I want them to do different. It's it's the same, but different personnel. Mm. They limited Kayvon Thibodeau. Thibodeau, I, I'm not sure exactly how he even likes to pronounce. Go Tibbs. But uh, he he's dangerous. <laughs> he's dangerous. And last time, you had Brian O'Neill. You mm. had Austin Schlotman. Mm. Now you're missing both of those guys. You, no long, you also don't have Blake Brandell all on the IR. Mm-hmm. I, you got to limit him. I don't know who's going to be on him. I, I I doubt they're gonna. I don't think he's gonna line up opposite of Christian Derrissaw just because. Why Why would he? Mm-hmm. But um, you you need to get Kirk just anytime. He has to be able to blink more than twice before he can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Um, if they can give him a little bit of time to air it out, because you're not gonna be able to just rely on that Madison Cook punch, especially with. I I love him. But Cook has not been Dalvin Cook recently. He hasn't. He's he's very boomer bust, and unfortunately, I think it's trended more towards bust plays um, with the occasional boom, which, you know, it's nice to see, but it's just not happening on a consistent enough basis to where you can solely rely on that run game. So you have to give Kirk a little bit of time to read the routes, you know, move from option one to option two and maybe option three if needed. So go through the reads. Uh, he's going to have to be on, the, on on a sharp game, I think, because mm-hmm. as soon as he gets rattled, I'm going to be incredibly nervous uh, that first and second drive. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The AJ's, is watching, AJ's watching the hockey. We're watching the hockey game right now. The Rangers in the wild are in a shootout, and our attention is uh, elsewhere, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, uh, Did he get that one, by the no, way? No, he did not. Oh, yeah. It snuck in there at the end there. Yeah. Um, anyway, what were you saying? Uh, football? Yeah, back to back to the <laughs> football game. Um, I, Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. 
he's going to have to be the MVP caliber type guy that we have seen all season long, minus, you know, one game or two games here and there. TJ Hawkinson is going to have to be that guy that, that they can lean into. I think it was like 13 yeah. targets the last time around for him. They're going to have to do the same thing. They're going to have to do the, the same thing. Also, Matt Zagrilla just scored, so Woo-woo. perfect. Nice. Right up. Um, but yeah, my biggest thing, my biggest concern is that Thibodeau matchup and just getting time for Kirk to cook because he's, you know, you have to, I know you can, you, you now have the record for that 33 point comeback. <laughs> that was the Colts. They're mm-hmm. not in the playoffs. Yep. They had a, I'm not going to, I'm not going to insult them, but they had Jeff Saturday coaching. This is not that team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Giants are a somewhat legitimate, nice save. Um, <laughs> They, they they have. <laughs> you have to keep talking while the shootout is going. Yeah, I'm this is to wrap, the I'm to wrap up my thought here. Um, no, yeah, they. <laughs> the the Giants are a good team, so you're going okay. to have to actually compete for all four quarters. That that that's actually my one thing. That's my biggest thing. Play a full game. Mm-hmm. Play a full game. I really almost don't even think we've seen a full game out of this Vikings team yet, because it seems like at times they've even taken like five minutes off here and there. Or like three drives at a time. Like play a full game. The second you step out there, I want you ready to kill the other team. Yep. And then assume not actually. Not I saw your look, Jason. I'm not actually talking. Oh, I didn't, sorry. I didn't mean to give you a look there. <laughs> no, no. I know you. I, you shot artists. I, know, I, look I, like, I wasn't taking Ugh. you literally. I promise. Uh, sorry. No, I, <laughs> My bad. Play a full game. It's the same. It's it. All the quotes that I'm seeing after post games and all this week throughout the what? Why are you? Why are you poke checking there? Because it's flurry. He loves poke checking. He loves poke checking. He goes to his backhand at the hash marks. What? Why are you poke check? Whatever. He's the bread man. Yeah, he's the bread man. They call him the bread man. That's my biggest. That's my Aaron. biggest gripe in sports. Not the poke check there, but when a team like oh, and he was diving for it too. He wasn't even squared up when he did that. He was diving when he did. Like the wild tonight, and we'll get to this. They uh, took the it, it, they took the second period off. Why? Yeah, you play three periods. Here we go. Here's, same same with the same with the Vikings. Ooh, did you see? Oh, oh, oh no! Really but did you save. see what happened with Shosturkin there? He had to like make an adjustment on his glove, like right as Goudreau was coming in. And but, I thought maybe Goudreau noticed that he was going to take advantage, and he didn't. And the Rangers win four to three. But that's exactly what happens. You take an entire period off. You go to overtime and you don't get two points. Yeah, if you right. take if you take time off in any professional sport, it's going to cost you, and it cost the Wild yeah. tonight a point. Yeah. Who knows where that's going to come back? Because they've done that a couple times this season already, and I'm sick of it. Play <laughs> 60 minutes of hockey. Just play six. Now the Vikings oh, yeah. play four quarters. Yep. How hard is it to do? All I've heard since Sunday is you know all the you know the seven, 17 games that we just played. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter now. It's one and done. It's a brand new season. Every week is a one game season. Okay, then let's treat it like it's the most important thing ever. Yep. Four quarters. It's all masking. Artis, when did he start standing up? <laughs> he's standing uh, uh, up right now. I didn't notice up. that he stood up. I don't know when he, that he started. He started standing up and he raised his mic while I was talking. Oh. Once that game went into overtime. That's passionate. He's like, I'm the same way, so I can't blame him. We should. Do our podcast during wild shootouts more often. Uh, Brings the energy up. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, uh, back with the Giants. What I am really actually would love to see here, and I haven't seen it a lot all season, and I mean, except in obvious situations like two minute uh, drills and stuff like that. 
I would like to see some unorthodox hurry-up offense. Mm. I wouldn't mind seeing that right away from the Vikings. Wouldn't it be kind of interesting if they came out in the first quarter and ran a hurry-up right on that first drive and they, like, marched down and scored a touchdown in, like, two and a half minutes? Yeah. I'd be intrigued by that. I mean, of course, you want, especially in the playoffs, you want to keep those defenses on the field as long as possible. You want to, like, you really do want to run the ball in the playoffs. You really, yeah. you really, really do. You want to you want to drag these games out as long as possible for those defenses. So I know that might be a little counterintuitive, but I just think it would maybe throw things off because again, I always just like appreciate when teams do something that they've never done before in the playoffs. And I think about the Viking Saints game a few years ago. They lined uh, Mike Zimmer lined up Daniel Hunter on the inside like he was a nose tackle for most of that game, and it threw off Sean Payton and the Saints to the mm-hmm. point where obviously the Vikings won the game. Um, and so. I appreciate wrinkles like that. I'm not saying I agree with you guys, like do what you've been doing to get you to this point, like maximize that kind of stuff. But again, with these playoffs, like you got to be a little tricky. I think about the lines against the Packers, yeah. uh, that little that little throwback by Monroe Sam, Sam Brown there to get that first down. That was a ballsy play. But that's the kind of thing you need in, in those in those in playoff situations. And for the Lions, that that was a playoff situation for them. So. I'd be really intrigued, especially just right out of the gate. The Vikings do something that they haven't done before. And also, I'm just very intrigued to see what Kevin O'Connell has up his sleeves because you know he hasn't shown everything, especially as an offensive guy. I'm just really, really intrigued by that because that was the case with Mike Zimmer against New Orleans a few years ago. He had that Daniil Hunter thing up his sleeve, and we we didn't see it coming. So I want, to, I want something that I'm not seeing coming pretty much, and I think – that would probably get me the most like hyped if I saw a hurry up offense really right out the gate or really at any point in the game, really just where it comes just at any point, just to throw the giants tempo off just a little bit. Um, we do need to run the ball better than we did before, especially because, I mean, we've talked about this all week because of the opponents we've faced. We have played horrible run defenses. The giants still aren't much better than they were statistically when we played them a few weeks ago, that needs to change. What needs to say the same, though, like you guys mentioned, K.J. Osborne. Mm-hmm. We have been asking for this all season long. We have been asking for him to show the potential where he could supplant Adam Thielen as a wide receiver, too. Positionally, he's probably not going to move around still a lot where he is, but effectively with the stats, I mean, this this is exactly what we want. This is exactly what we want. So we need to keep that momentum going. Um Frankly, and to pick another thing different, I would like to see maybe less TJ Hawkinson targets in this game. Really? Um, even though I know that's your because I think he's kind of become more of a safety blanket. Um, he's still getting big yardage and everything like that. It's just I don't know. I just I'm I'm kind of getting the vibes that that Kirk has just been maybe not necessarily checking down to him, but just been looking to him in, in more situations that maybe he shouldn't. And so if he gets less, if, if, if this is the case, though, it means I want, obviously, more for Adam and more for KJ. And so if there's less happening to TJ, it means it means the other guys are getting going. So that's the only case where I want that. If you can't get Adam going, and if you can't get KJ going, then, yeah, throw throw the ball to TJ's way as much as possible. Defensively, um, I know that a lot of people have been kind of asking for this and the Vikings have delivered at least in a few instances. Um, and I'm trying to think right now of what particular package I'd be really like, oh, yeah, I really want to see that. But uh, we got to dial up some blitzes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, got to get you, to Danny Look, Jones. this, it, which is dangerous 
because if he figures out the blitz and he gets by it, then he's probably going to have a lot of open running room in the middle of the field, potentially. Um, Maybe that could happen more with like linebacker blitzes as opposed to safety blitzes and cornerback blitzes. Um, so I'm I'm like trying to decide, okay, what direction do I want the blitz to come from? I don't know what maybe you think. Do you want to see more like safeties, corners, linebackers? You want a good even mix of both, but I'm trying to think of what the most effective thing would be against Daniel Jones, maybe. Mm, I mean, he's quick enough to get past a lot of the linebackers, so maybe you can bring a nickel off the edge here and there. Okay. It doesn't have to be, obviously, every play. I think the main focus, the main focus should be just contained. Yeah, just contain him. Keep him within the pocket. If you're gonna blitz, so maybe him, make blitz. sure he doesn't get outside. You can you can blitz and still kind of contain at the same time by blitzing on the inside and making sure those out those edge rushers run on the outside. If that makes sense, I don't know if I'm making sense, but I'm picturing no, no, it I in hear my you. head. Like rush on the outside, make the linebackers come through the middle so he has nowhere yeah. to go. If that makes sense, make your lens go a little bit farther around exactly. instead of more of a direct line. I'm doing visual aid right now yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So those guys can cut through the middle, but you still maybe have the safety blanket on the edge there. Exactly. You got your X's linebackers either coming through or you got linebackers, you got at least one linebacker okay. spying to make sure he doesn't come through one of those holes because there sure. will be a hole on the outside if one of the edge rushers comes through and isn't able to get him. He could boat left or boat right. But if you have mm-hmm. either a linebacker blitzing coming at him already or you have a linebacker spying him, then Daniel Jones, is he's athletic. Yes. He's not Jalen Hurts. He is not Justin Fields. He is not Lamar Jackson fast. He's quick. He's de- he's deceptively quick. But he's not that. So you can contain him by by throwing different blitz packages at him. I do want to give a quick shout-out before we do these predictions. I do want to give a quick shout-out to KLC, though, because this is going to be big for him. This is going to be big. This season, the Vikings, at the end of the day, through all the ups and downs, through everything that's happened this year, they're 13 and 4. Oh, yeah. They finished the season 13 and 4. And I know to start the season, none of us had them going 13 and 4. There were a bunch of like highs and a bunch of lows. Yeah. And as they started to win more, the standard that we had for them started to rise. So at first it was okay, they're you know, they're, they're winning these games, da da da. But then they beat the Buffalo Bills, and it's like, okay, now, no, we're judging them like they are true Super Bowl contenders. So now we're looking at all the little things that they do wrong. Like, why did you go for it on fourth down right there? Or you can't turn the ball over right here, or this defense is giving up too many yards and this, that, and the third. But at the end of the day, though. And that's, again, we're comparing them to other Super Bowl contenders around the league. So we're, we got to get that kind of nitpicky if you're going to be a Super Bowl champion. But at the end of the day, this team is 13 and 4. His play calling has to be dynamite in this playoffs. They get past this round, it has to be like that the rest of the way. He's got to be on point. We have got on him about his play calling at times in the past with his defense giving up the amount of yards it gives up getting ready to go up against the offenses that they will see in this postseason, he's got to be on point with this offense because mm-hmm. they're going to have to score some They're They're going to have to score some points against some very good defenses that have a whole season of tape on him in that offense. So this you. is big for KLC, but I do want to give him a shout out. It's been a successful. Yeah. We forget that this is his first year. Yeah. 13 and four for your first year, man. That is with a team that did make the playoffs last year undefeated in one possession football games. I mean, that is impressive. That is impressive. impressive. Yeah. And and like I said at the beginning of the show, I I really have just been like just counting my blessings a little bit. I mean, of of course, I'm going to continue to hold the team to a standard. I want them to win. I expect them to win. Mm. 
but I can have a little bit of fun, right? Yeah. And I, I can just appreciate for what it is, especially like you said, like I think what of all, all of us were around like 10 and seven predictions at the beginning of the season. I think mine was 10 and seven. I don't remember what your guys were. It, it was all like around that. Right. So yeah. these extra couple wins in a division title really are gravy. Um, will my expectations be a little bit different next year though? Yeah, pro- probably, probably. I probably won't like if like they stumble, I might be more critical. We'll see. But uh, as of right now, this is just fun. This has just been so much fun. And when the expectations raise, maybe our attitudes will change. But in the meantime, I mean, this is just this has been a nice little treat this season because I was expecting a competitive team, but not a not not a thirteen win team. So this is great. So should we put our money where our mouth is? Yes. An extra prediction segment, fantastic. Um, what's the uh, what's the line again? Three, three, right? And so. uh, forty eight and a half. Mm, man, defenses be damned in this game, boys. <laughs> I'm going to say that, that, that three is going to be close, but I still think the Vikings are going to squeak this out. Um, let's get a 34 to 28 win for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, dial it up. I think KOC has got some things up his sleeve that we just haven't seen yet. I think we're building some momentum with some of our receivers, especially with KJ Osborne. And if JJ is going to be doing his thing, if TJ Hawkinson is going to be doing his thing, then awesome. Uh, and if you can get the run game going, let's see some Alexander Madison mix in here too. Artist's mm-hmm. favorite running back in all the NFL. Um, and he, he was running good against the bears too. running mm-hmm. good against the bears. Um, so let's take advantage of that too. So yeah, 34, 28 victory, Minnesota Vikings moving on to the divisional round. What do you guys think? Your turn. AJ? Me? No, it's your it's wait, well, no, yeah, it's AJ's turn. AJ's turn. He's got the better record. So I initially I'll pay off the the tease that I was saying earlier. Horror movie. <laughs> Horror movie. Suspense. You don't know what's around every corner. You were direct misdirection. People are getting picked off left and right. You don't know who's gonna go. You don't know who's gonna be able to survive and escape. I think I think the Vikings get picked off here. Because when you look at it all season long, when Vegas has Vegas knows what they're doing when they put these lines out there and you only get that three points for being at home. If this is a neutral site, this is a pick them. They're saying a pick them. They are. They played them this season. It was a lot harder than it needed to be. They needed a the longest field goal in Vikings history. And we've seen that uh, Greg Joseph probably can't do that again. I don't shoot with that look. I mean, you know. <laughs> I, mean no. yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, don't give AJ looks why. tonight. He yeah, already yeah. accused me of a look earlier. Just <laughs> no, let's just look at each other, honest, <laughs> and avoid eye contact. No, I gave him that look because I'm like, I agree. Like, I don't. Uh. I don't care that he hit it in my face <laughs> back in week 16 or whatever it was. Line it up. He's not doing it again. All right. Yeah. I would bet my life on that. Wow. Thank God we can't gamble in Minnesota yet. I think <laughs> that they are going to really get to Kirk. Ooh. And it's not, I don't think it's going to be necessarily his fault. I just think he's going to he's not going to have enough time to do everything he needs to. And I don't think the running game has been established well enough this season to where they can rely on that early in the game when they're probably going to need to establish it. And I mean <laughs> What what does what does Vanilla Vic have to lose? Yeah, Daniel Jones. He they're either kicking him to the curb after this season or picking up that uh, franchise tag on him, right? Yeah, 
Yep. I think they'll keep him at this point. Think? I think they were. Ta- I think they were talking about keeping him and Saquon together. I don't think they should, but I they've mean, been playing him like they don't care about his health, and they were. <laughs> so that's because he's not under contract so, to next season. They yeah, can, yeah, so exactly. Either way, so he's either playing for that franchise tag or he's playing for a contract somewhere else after this season. Yeah, he wants to show he can do it in the postseason. Will he? I don't know if he'll necessarily do it, but I think Saquon is a beast. I mean, his quads are bigger than my entire head. You got to remember that he is a freak of nature and he's going to run against this pitiful Vikings run defense. I just, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not say it, man. (laughs) I don't want to say, I don't have any confidence that they can't win this game at all because they can. I just don't think they will. It'd be the most, it's, it's the most like predictable thing. We, every, predict it. The, <laughs> how how many times have people been like you've been fighting off the the fraud stuff all season long, right? What's the what's what do you need to do to to put that to bed? Win, win. There, I don't I don't think they're going to because it's Minnesota. <laughs> it's it's the most predictable thing. And then it, we're gonna go from this week where we open the show talking about the Packers losing and all that stuff to. Mm. They're going to say, well, hey, <laughs> we have the same amount of postseason wins this year, so who really cares? Anyway, we have a better draft pick, so who really cares? We have more Lombardis than you. It, it's, it's just, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. I, I, all these wins, I think, are it's just going to amount to nothing. It's going to go out. It's going to go, like, I, I've, I've told you guys I watched Survivor. Yeah. Are you familiar with, like, oh. the, the making fire thing at, towards the end? So like that, when they put like when they extinguish a flame and you kick no, off the island. No, uh, you're you're thinking of Survivor, but not the right thing I'm describing Sorry. here. So, um, Final Four or Final Four, there is or excuse me, Final Four, there is a uh, fire making challenge where you have to. They pit two people against each other. They have to build a fire in front of everybody watching, and they have to burn a rope that's high enough. And <laughs> there's always one person. It seems like that just can't do it. Like you've been on you've been on an island for a month now. Like you don't have a phone. You you are eating coconuts mm, for lunch, nice. breakfast, dinner, snack time. That like that's it. You have you have to make fire. And for some reason, <laughs> these people that have been on an island for three weeks to a month just don't know how to do it. Wasn't because there's like a hotel like behind the cameras or something. No, that no, was, they, I know. They, I'm just they, kidding. They I'm, just kidding. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I'm just the Vikings are this person who they've just watched other people make fire all season long, all season long. Uh, hey, I'd, sure, I caught the fish a couple times, and we're going to cook, and we're going to eat it, and you're going to be happy that I was here. But I can't make the fire to actually keep us warm at night. I don't – I just don't have faith. This, this – the magical stuff that's been happening is not going to happen this Sunday, so I'm going to say – they're going to keep it closer than I'm saying. Then maybe I'm I, like, I don't think they're going to get blown out, but it's going to be 27 21 New York Giants moving on to the uh, the next round of the playoffs. 27 21? Wow. Yes. No faith. <clears throat> you couldn't make that out. <laughs> Listen, AJ, I am with you. I feel bad that I go in front of you because I feel like we we are on the same track a lot of the time. We are, we are, we are. I guess that, what's I'm, that make me? I'm I guess. with you. You're the I'm one with the, with the, the best predictions so oh, far. Though, so. Thank you for saying that out loud. I am with you, ninety five percent on this. Ninety five percent because everything you said makes perfect sense. 
The offensive line for the Vikings will probably struggle in this football game, I believe. The Russian attack has not been the greatest. Dalvin Cook is fumbling the ball like crazy. The Giants right now, they they don't have a ton to lose. Kind of playing with house money because who thought they'd be in the postseason, right? I know I didn't think they'd make the postseason. No. Vanilla Vic has had his best his best <laughs> season so far as a starter. Brian uh, Dable is probably arguably coach of the year. If You, you can make that argument. He's yeah. in the conversation for mm-hmm. sure. They have a lot of things going for them. But it makes too much sense. <laughs> it makes too much sense that the Vikings would lose this game. It makes too much And one thing I've learned in my limited time here and being in Minnesota is that when things make too much sense, they go the complete opposite direction. Oh. So for me in this game, I have gone back and forth for the longest of times. In full disclosure... I wouldn't necessarily mind seeing the Giants win because then they'd storm up the Philly and get absolutely stomped. But Mm. I feel like the Vikings have something up their sleeve for this game. Beyond this point, I'm not sure. But I just have a funny feeling that Vanilla Vic is going to turn back into Daniel Jones. (laughs) He's going to give the Vikings the football. Saquon Barkley is going to do everything he can to save them. He's not going to be able to. Kirk... Mainly Justin Jefferson for this specific game because they have no one to check J.J. I think he's going to dominate this football game. And I think this is going to be the moment for the Minnesota Vikings where they put to bed, at least for this week, the fraud narrative. Now, I know what I said last week. It doesn't look good. You know, when they lost to the Green Bay Packers, it's hard to knock that off once, you know, you're getting blown out like this against, you know, continuing teams. We see the, the Packers aren't contenders anymore, but... Is, is It makes it hard to say you're not a fraud when you get blown out like that. I think this is the game they stand on theirs and say, no, we are one of the best teams in the NFC. We are at least a top three team in the NFC. And the best way to prove that is to beat a team who I believe you match up with the best in, out of everybody in the NFC. Mm, There's yeah. no better matchup. There's no better matchup for the Vikings for a first-round matchup than the New York football giants with Vanilla Vic at quarterback. <laughs> I don't think he's ready for the moment. We are a little shaky on Kirk Cousins. I do not believe Daniel Jones is ready for this moment. So I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings by a score of, I'll say the Vikings put up 26 points. I think they hold the Giants to 20. And I think Daniel Jones throws at least two interceptions in this football game. Dang. I think he's going to give the ball away in this game. Wow. Bonus prediction. Oh. The Cowboys will lose. <laughs> you only know you only get to make predictions about your team. No, okay, you no, you only get to make predictions <laughs> I'm about done, the I'm Eagles. Done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I don't blame you, though. I just, I had, I just had to. I just got to troll for a hot second. It's just, they know, could. Put it out there. I, the Cowboys could win, honestly. They could win. No, no, I'm, Tampa I'm, has I'm, been terrible. I'm speaking about Tampa, though. Like, yeah. They, they, they could get it done. They could. They really could. They could. Not going to count out Tom. So, all right. So, Artis and I are picking the Vikings. I had 34-28. You had 26-20. But AJ, not falling for it. 27-21. Uh, the Giants will beat the Vikings, according to him. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe the best, maybe the best I man I may win. have been born at night, but it sure as heck wasn't last night, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Time were you guys born? I was a uh, six 
32. I, I actually I, have no one. I, I, it was, I think it was middle of the night. I have okay. No okay. I mean, yeah. it's just your man of your word, as you just said. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, Skull Vikes. Anyway, um, guys, it's January, right? Yes. Uh, do you want to talk baseball with me for like five minutes? Because guess what? Some news happened with the Minnesota Twins. Um, the saga is finally over, gentlemen. And I'm referring to that of Carlos Correa. We actually know where he's going to play next season. And guess what? It's back here with Minnesota. Signed a six-year, $200 million contract. Ain't that gravy? Yeah, sure. Um, But if you didn't know exactly what happened with Carlos Correa before all this, well, obviously you knew that he signed a three-year contract with the Twins last season, but there was an opt-out clause. He opted out of it, became a free agent. Uh, Allegedly signed a, what was it, 10? 13-year contract with the San Francisco Giants or something like that for a crazy yeah, a crazy amount of money. And we all said our goodbyes to Carlos Cray. We're like, all right, it was a fun one-year run, but most people kind of expected that. But then an injury issue flared up all of a sudden. And the day that they were going to announce him at a press conference, the Giants balked and they uh they rescinded the deal. And so that led the New York Mets to slide in and say, okay, Carlos, why don't you come here for pretty much the same amount of years and same amount of money? But they did a physical to the New York Mets and they figured something out too. They're like, mm, we don't really like that. And that deal fell through as well. And so it kind of led Carlos Crea with no team to sign for. So someone called the Minnesota Twins, in this case, Scott Boris, and said, hey, uh, no, we didn't pick you the first time or the second time, but third time's the charm. And uh, we know we're not going to get the long-term contract we were looking for, but how does a nice six-year deal sound? And the Twins said, okay, yeah, sounds good. Come on back, Carlos Correa. Now the Twins have their shortstop for the present and probably for the future now for a long time. But uh, if you're a Twins fan, you, you should feel embarrassed. Uh, yeah. You are the you are the the loser the high school loser that it, it gets picked on in every stereotypical movie because Carlos Correa was using you to get his homework done and then he was gonna go and play for the varsity team go off to college but then uh oh stuff happened and now he needs his homework done again. It's it, honestly it's, like Steve Cohen offered to do his homework, but yeah. then but then Steve Cohen and the Mets were like, eh, we're better than that. We're better than that. It's like he got dumped by a guy or a gal, and they moved on to somebody else. But then they got dumped again, and they moved on to somebody else. And then they got dumped again, and then they came back to you and said, I'm sorry, babe. I want you back. I think, And we took him back. <laughs> I, I think embarrassed might be a strong word by me, but it's uh, like it, it's annoying. You, it's you, so shouldn't annoying. Be, do, I, you should not be applauding the twins for this. No. I want I want to make that clear. No. You should not be applauding them for this. They're not, oh, whoa, they, they, the Twins never spend money, and look what they just, they weren't going to do anything. No. Up until Fell 10 hours lap. ago, Joey Gallo and a, 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 what is it called, a jersey rebrand was the biggest splash that they had. Yeah. That was their splash this offseason. Yep. yep. Everybody Joey Gallo and a re-look of the, of the jerseys. Yeah. What are we doing? Well. And, and the thing is. I, I know initially the first time around signing him, well, can he pitch? Can he pitch? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Well, no, 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 no. The, the first time around, the people that asked that, I understand. You're not going to like push that aside. You got the, you got the big splash. Sure. This time I'm asking, can he pitch? <laughs> because who, 
You you can't yeah. you you're not built like the Philadelphia Phillies. And granted, they got some good pitching <laughs> from like Syndergaard and Nola and whatnot. But um, when those guys were going into the like the last days of the off season last year, everybody's looking like, well, they're hoping to win each game nine to seven, mm-hmm. ten to ten to eight, because they're going to hit. The Twins don't have those bats. They just don't. Not anymore. Anyway, it's been a long. The Bomba squad is long removed at this point. They need to do something. Um, I mean, sure, great, good. Uh, I will say, as a Cubs fan, I'm sitting real pretty with that Dansby Swanson contract. Yeah, that's that, that that's looks, good. Yeah, that's good. That looks so much better now. Yeah, that's not an overpay. It's not as many years either. And he's he's a quality shortstop too. Um, that was actually somebody of if. The Carlos Correa deal actually followed through with the Mets or the Giants. I was like, okay, maybe that might be an option for the Twins, but I also knew at the same time it wasn't going to be an option for the Twins. Really, Carlos Correa was the only guy I really think they had a shot at like bringing in via free agency because technically he w- he is a free agent being brought in, even though it's technically a re-sign or whatever. Um, but it- it's really funny. I think Declan got a call. From a, a season ticket representative from the Twins, like today, yeah, like not even like an hour after the announcement of the news or something like that. Like, hey, you want to renew your season tickets? And Declan, I think, is declining yeah. that option. Um, as a fan, this doesn't excite me at all. No, because sure. you're not necessarily bringing anybody in. Like, you're retaining a guy, right? I mean, I'm glad that we're. I'm, I'm glad we are keeping him. He is a good quality player, a gold platinum glove, even shortstop. Um. We'll see what this injury thing is. I know it's an ankle issue. I know that he broke it when he was like 19 and there was maybe some ligament damage in there too. I know that he also um, has a plate in there as well. So, okay, yeah, sure, that might be a red flag. But, I mean, he'll be 34, 35 when this contract is up. Uh, Yes, the Twins are actually uh, paying him more than on a per year scale than what the other contracts he was offered from the Mets and the Giants. I believe he's making around like 40, 41, 42 million. That was more, that's more per year than what the Giants and the Mets were offering. But obviously those contracts were longer. Um, So this is, this is a good move for the twins, but like you said, AJ, I mean, embarrassed isn't the wrong word necessarily here. This doesn't really, this leaves a fan base kind of just saying, okay, like what, what do we, (laughs) What do we actually, what do we mean to, what do we mean here? Like, it's just, I, I don't really know what to do. I'm not really, this doesn't really move the meter for me, but it's still a big enough deal where we have to talk about it at least a little bit. So um, and keep in mind, all of this is still hanging on the, on the, <laughs> on the floss, the, the toothpaste floss, whatever the, the, the thinness of a fishing line of a pending physical <laughs> That we don't know that the twins could look at that and say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna pass too. And all this conversation is is no more. And then he goes and signs with yeah. the Orioles for you know whatever. Whatever. I don't know. I'm over it. I'm over it because again, this is fun for a day to talk about twins baseball, but honestly, I'm gonna go about my business tomorrow and go back right to thinking about football and hockey and basketball. Which speaking of which, we gotta talk about basketball and hockey before we wrap things up on the show today. Minnesota Timberwolves. Really good week, artist. Really good week. And playing decent. And here's the thing. I mean, some of their key players didn't have great weeks. I know Anthony Edwards didn't shoot particularly well in the week. I know that he had a really um he had a clunker game against the Clippers. He did he shot like 31% from the field. But other players were stepping up. Uh Go Bear was playing really decent this week. Jane McDaniels was playing really decent this week. Um Delo 
after he unfollowed the Timberwolves on Instagram. I don't know if you guys caught that. I did see that. And uh, we all know when athletes unfollow their teams on Instagram, it means they're just, they're not happy. It's so weird how that's the thing now. Like, that is, like, honestly, like, one of the main things an athlete can do to show their discontent with their franchise. I hate social media. (laughs) My random question is, like, this, like whose job is it to just monitor that? Like, oh, he, oh, today is the day he unfollowed the Timberwolves. Bloggers, like, like Timberwolves Twitter. Yeah, no, you, I, I guarantee you, like people just like look at those things every day just to see, like, oh, who's not following the Timberwolves today or something like that. I don't know. Who, who knows? Yeah, very, I, yeah. I wanted to say if you wake up and like while you're sipping your coffee, you're like, well, let's check all my favorite athletes and see if they're <laughs> following my team still on Instagram. Seek help. <laughs> yes. Seek honestly, help. Honestly, at this point. I can, I'll allow once a week, but like uh, every morning? Come on now. Yeah. It's, at, at this point. Yeah. So take that for what you will. Yeah. He, he He's played decent, but... He's so hit or miss, man. I know. It's he just is like... so hit or miss. And I, I like D-Lo. I really do. But he is... Mm-hmm. He, Boomer Bust was the perfect example mm-hmm. of like... The perfect thought. You never know. Some games, he's going to go crazy. He's going to hit a bunch of shots. He's going to make some key plays down the stretch. He's going to be typical icing your veins d The next night, boy, he might have five turnovers. He might miss. He might go one of ten or one of seven from the field. He might get benched halfway through the football or through the football game, mm-hmm. through the basketball game because he's not playing well, not playing efficient. You just never know what you're going to get. But on the bright side, Torian Prince is back. Thank you. He's playing really well, and he is a piece that the Timberwolves have been missing from, I believe, from a leadership standpoint, from a veteran presence on the floor. He's been really good on both sides of the ball since he's been back. You forget how important he is to this ball club, to this basketball team, um, because he's not the biggest name on the team, obviously. But he's a really important piece from, you know, playing defense, Stretching the stretching the floor out, being able to hit those threes, even running the offense, getting other guys involved, making the necessary plays. Just a, a smart, heady player um, that the, that the Wolves need. I really need um, J Mac back. I haven't seen him back yet. Yeah. Um. So and that's we, gonna help we, them a lot as well. We should be getting word about Cat here pretty soon too. Yeah. We yeah. we should be. Yeah. We're, we're we're getting in that I think four week mark now. Probably more than that now. They're probably closer to the six week mark now. So we mm. we should be getting a little bit of news. Um. Speaking of guys who I really appreciate stepping up this week, slow mo. <laughs> I mean, he is playing upwards of 30 minutes a game. He was a plus 31 against the Clippers the other night, and he only scored like 12 points. So he has been awesome this last week in particular. And watching the highlights, man, it is definitive slow-mo. It it has been exactly his game, completely slows it down to his tempo where he has mastered it more so than probably any other player I've ever seen. I've never seen a player besides centers, big lumbering centers, like and even the centers nowadays are way more athletic than they were like even ten years ago and stuff like that. He yeah. is just a master at his craft. The sustainability of that obviously remains to be seen. But when you need to pick me up right now in the middle of the season, especially now, I mean, we are we are pretty much at the halfway point of the season. Mm-hmm. It is go time. It is go time. Um, they're acting like it too. Um, the Rockets game was concerning at first because they got down big. They were down like twenty, but they came back. 
And that, that's a young, undisciplined team. I think Eric Gordon is literally their only veteran on that team by like a mile. They've yeah. got they got some good players there, but they're still undisciplined and they're they're the bottom of the NBA. So I wanted to see a better effort. I'm happy that they're handling their business at this time. Yeah. You know, they got the win over the Nuggets last time we talked. And when they beat the Nuggets, it was okay they beat the Nuggets. We'll see what happens from here. But then they follow that up by beating the, the, the Trailblazers. They beat the Clippers. And the Clippers, yeah, they didn't have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. But you still find a way to get that win. The Rockets game, like you said, was kind of like, all right, what's going on? But one thing I did notice about that game, they put out a lineup out there with Kyle Anderson at the one, Jaden McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, Torian Prince, and Gobert. And that lineup was locked down. Mm -hmm. I want to see that lineup more often now that Torian Prince is back because that lineup, I mean, you could switch everything. Um, you can score. Everybody can kind of play make for themselves out there. It 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 was a really good lineup that I I want to see more of. I mean it's it's I think you know in basketball you have your free throw lineup and you have your um your fast break lineup and you have you know your defensive. This is their defensive lineup. Mm-hmm. Those those five guys, all five of them can really guard. They can really defend. They feed off each other. They force turnovers and. I loved what I saw. I think that lineup really kind of got them back in the game, got them back going. They was able to get some fast break points in there. Um, That, hey, that's a really good lineup. Again, Torian Prince back added to the fold. It has helped a lot. We'll see how it progresses once you play better competition because, again, the Clippers Mm -hmm. didn't have their main players. Um, So we'll see how it progresses as as this schedule unfolds. I got to look and see who they play coming up this week. They've got, I got it right here. Uh, they got the Suns on Friday. Actually, no, they've got the Pistons tomorrow. Mm. We're recording this on Tuesday, uh, January 10th. Um, if you put up the same effort against Detroit that you did, like you did a couple weeks ago. You will lose again. That will not, I, I will come on this podcast next week and I will eviscerate them. I, I would be so mad, even if they beat the Suns and the Cavaliers after that, because that's who they got next. Uh, also, the Jazz, and that should be everybody that we play until we talk again on the next Taxi Squad uh, next week. So Watch out for that Suns game, though. Chris, oh, Paul, yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. Paul is there. I think Devin Booker, Devin Booker is still out. Yes. But if anybody can kind of figure out how to attack that defense once they, once they put that defensive lineup out there, it'll be the floor general that is Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Again, they don't have... Don, uh, um, D book and so offensively they may be a little challenged, but I I'm interested in seeing that lineup against mm-hmm. a, against some other well, teams who are really good offensively. You, you forget about the Phoenix Suns X Factor, Josh Okogie. No. Josh Okogie's on that team, and you just can't forget about him on any night. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you <laughs> can't forget true. about him. That's so. true. That's true. I, I that like just thought in my head, I'm like Josh Okogie. So I was like, there's there's a player on the Timberwolves this season or on the Suns this season that was on the Timberwolves last season. Who else? I looked up. Josh Okogie. Yeah. Hope he's doing well. I don't know if he's doing good or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how the Timberwolves do. Um, the West is still just a mixed bag. There's still plenty of standing maneuverability that can be done here. I think they're only even like seven games out of the number one spot, technically, or something like that, which I'm that's not my expectation whatsoever for this team. But we're firmly right now in the seed, in the seed, in the play in tournament right now. But technically, a top six seed is still in play. Yes. And if we were talking a couple weeks ago, I don't think as many Timberwolves fans would maybe be as optimistic about that happening. But they are things too- are rolling right now. If we get Cat back and Cat can actually fit in here in a positive way, which I think he can statistically, um, there may be still some uh, something to be said about this uh, Timberwolves season that I think a lot of people were willing to already just label as a complete bust and a failure because of how uh, 
Not great. The Rudy Gobert trade has this, been so this, far. The, and speaking me, of that, oh, yeah! are you ready for the <laughs> weekly edition of For the Millions Around the World listening? <laughs> Say it with me. Rate <laughs> that trade. Taxi <laughs> okay, Squad's exclusive <laughs> and one and only segment where we rate the Rudy Gobert trade where the Timberwolves acquired one Rudy Gobert for five players and five picks. So, Jalen, on a scale of one to two, this week, on uh, January 10th, the year 2023, what do you rate the Rudy Gobert trade? I, this week, this week has been better. I will give I'm, it. Next, next week, I'm getting sound with that music for this. I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> this, this, this week has been better. I would give it like a, like a one point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I give it like I give it like a one point three. Give it like a one point three. I give it like a one point three right now. Oh my gosh! All right, so we got a one point three, Jason. Okay. Great. Okay, let's, let's take a look at the game logs here. Okay, Rudy put up 17 against the Blazers, 25 against the Clippers, 18 against the Rockets, didn't shoot lower than 60% from the field, didn't get less than 11 rebounds in each of those contests, even had 21 against the Clippers. 25 and 21 against the Clippers, y'all. I'm just saying, I'm feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good about the trade this week. Right, wait, is one good and two bad? I forget. Which one's... One is the one, worst trade the worst. of all time. I, I'm, two okay. is like I'm, maybe okay. not the I worst of all time, but still remember. super bad. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling... Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling good. Not two this time, but we're feeling a good 1.9 right now. Rudy had a good week, baby. That is a record-setting pick on the on the weekly rate that trade, the highest rating ever assigned to the trade. A 1.9 for Mr. Jason Spoon. Why not? Finger snaps. But Finger snaps. I'm loving it. You gotta think that. you gotta think about what that third grader might be doing who's drafted in 2029. He's yeah. putting up like 60 points a game. Yeah. Oh man. Anyways. Goodness. All right. Real quick before we Rudy. transition, the rules are the rules are only two games back right now from what is this fifth place? Three games right. back from fourth. One point so. nine. I'm telling you, <laughs> turn it around. Turn it around. Subject to change. Uh, <laughs> right. So. All right. Let's move on to a little hockey talk because as much as we love what the Timberwolves did this week, it was kind of a less of a mixed bag or more of a mixed bag for the Minnesota Wild. Some more up and down performances. You had an awesome game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That was on TNT. That was on national coverage. 5-1 the victory there. A really just thrilling game against the Sabres, though, but still uh, kind of a letdown, though. There were some interesting goals allowed there, um, uh, and ultimately the Sabres won in overtime. Then you lose to the... You get shot out by the Blues at home, and Specifically, guys, that that third period, the Wild sets a, a franchise record for most shots in the third period against the Blues. They didn't score a single goal. They were only one shot away from setting the franchise record for most shots on goal in an entire period throughout their entire history. And they didn't score a single goal. And it was just, it was, uh, what is his name? Tomas Grease. Is that the name of the goaltender there for uh, St. Louis that night? I believe he was in net. Yeah. Uh, he right. just stood on his head. And then as we were, as we obviously were uh, trying to talk through a uh, Viking stock, we, uh, we gave you kind of a live play-by-play of the uh, the wild shootout loss 4-3 to the New York Rangers. So it started off good, AJ. You love beating Tampa, but then um, the rest of this week has kind of been iffy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Boldy, one goal in his last 11 games. Not the greatest right there. Kirill Kaprizov is looking pretty solid, though, so good for him. Yeah. 
Matt Zuccarello's looking good. Good for him. Uh, I'm still not fully swung around on it, but Ryan Reeves has been changing my opinion about him as a hockey player. Um, he's shown me that people can maybe change because he hasn't so far yet attempted murder on anybody, which is awesome. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but he, he has brought that kind of energy and stuff that people were saying and then that was advertised. And he has been as advertised in terms of that aspect of the game. So it's he, he's been I'm not going to say a delight, but he has been a he, he's been a happy surprise yeah. so far. Uh, kind of a Bob Ross happy, happy mistake, happy surprise or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Um, oh my God. <laughs> but, you know, hey, Ryan Hartman is officially back. I know we mentioned that last week. He's kind of gotten the, the swing of things now with a few games back to back to back under his belt after coming back off the IR. And um, it seemed that he, he did take a pretty big hit at one point, and I was a little nervous about how mm-hmm. that one might affect him. He has been fine, though, so that's, that's just fine. Um, apparently, Matthew Boldy's agent has started kind of chipping away um, with a hmm. – uh, Trade or not a trade? Excuse me. That, oh, whoa, whoa, that hey, sorry. Um, a extension, okay. contract extension. Cool. Um, no idea why I said trade there, but okay. uh, contract inside. extension. He's an RFA, restricted free agent at the end of the year. Um, from what I understand, he is open to a long term deal. The Wild, unfortunately, don't have the money to do a long term deal at the moment because one, they respect him as a person, so they don't want to say we're do we'll yeah we'll do eight years at like three million. For sure. Um, so it'll probably end up eventually getting to a bridge deal to get past this uh, this cap struggle they have. But um, let's, uh, yeah, no, I mean, no, what, are, what, I your take, what, are, what are your takeaways from the past week here, Jason? Um, so specifically with the Sabre game, because I know Flurry was a net for that one, and he was a net for this Rangers game here. Um, it looked like there were a lot of pucks that were beating him glove side. In the Sabres game, it looked like uh, Dahlin. Am I pronouncing that name right? Rasmus Dahlin. Rasmus Dahlin, right? Nasty. And uh, um, I mean, there's a million Olafsons in the NHL, which are Olafson. Victor Olafson. <laughs> sure, which, sure. Uh, that one for the for the Sabres. It looked like things were just sneaking um, past Flurry glove side more so. And uh, I mean, they were pretty snipe shots. I mean, they were top shelf kind of shots. So like credit to the offensive players in that regard. But. Flurry just seemed a little bit off against the Sabres. I don't know. While you were watching this Rangers game, did you think he was pretty much on point um, tonight in Madison Square Garden? Or, I mean, I think we've we've actually seen AJ. We've seen Philip Gustafson is playing more now. Um, they dang near split time at this point. Uh, Gustafson played against the Lightning and played against the Blues. Um, the Wild next play the Islanders. That's... Um, that's in New York, and that's going to be on Thursday. We'll see who's in net for there. Um, but we, we've talked about just maybe the team moving towards more of a timeshare between the two goaltenders. We, we saw that pretty exclusively this week. Um, I, I don't know. Are you seeing like, – I don't know. Are you seeing the same things I'm seeing with Flurry? I mean, you're way more of a trained eye than me, but that's just something I noticed watching the Buffalo game at least. Um, just like in Ogre, there's onions to – or there's layers to of this. Of course. Um, five goals led up. After the, after the loss of the Sabres, he kind of, from what it sounds like, he was beating himself up over this. Really? Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was very, not maybe not emotional, but he was very much, um, you know, a lot of quotes of like, five, like apologetic to his teammates is, is the word I'm looking for here. Uh, five goals in a game is what he said should be a win every single time. If you're scoring five goals, your team should be winning. Of course. That wasn't the case. Um, he, and then he did have a... Um, approved leave from the team for about three days. Mark Andre Fleury did. Um, 
no disclosure on what it is. Not that I need one. I'm assuming yeah. it's some sort of family issue, which I'm, you know, I understand. Yeah. I'm not going to, I don't want to pry into that. He's, you know, everybody's human here playing on this team, playing in the league, just like we've seen across different sports here recently. At the end of the day, they're people. So if he's got stuff going on, by all means, go ahead. But um, on the side of it where we have to talk about the sport and like his play, you got to imagine whatever he is going through and whatever he's dealing with, how that possibly could be affecting his play. I know, you know, if... So, so you are noticing something too here. I, I, he hasn't been maybe as good as he was two weeks ago, but I it's it's Marc-Andre Fleury. Mm-hmm. It is a Hall of Fame goaltender. He is, he's going to turn it around. So I have faith in him to look in the mirror, do whatever he needs to do, you know, whether it's a you know, an exorcist type thing where he Whoa. just lets the demons out or wow. he takes a day to himself and just goes strolling through the woods and just, you know, a little solemn. I, I don't care what he does. He's been around the block more times than I can even count. So he's going to figure it out. Um, it's unfortunate that they couldn't get the win tonight in, in New York. But that being said, I know you, you came in kind of midway through the game here cause you were driving into work. Mm-hmm. This loss was not on him. He had 40 saves. Yeah. He looked fine. Yeah. The fact is that a lot of turnover. Well, one of the goals was just a flat-out turnover. I have a question. Fire away. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt. No, no please. Please Whatever. do. Are the Wild the most undisciplined team yes. in the NHL yes, right absolutely. now? According to well, AJ's actually, tweets, absolutely. I, <laughs> you pointed at me. <laughs> pointed at me like, yep, that's why. They, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I... It, it, in my opinion, yeah, they they might have to be. Um, they took an over in overtime. They took a too many men penalty tonight. Yeah, that I know. It, I didn't talk about that during the shootout because we were talking Vikings at the time. But it's it's incredible. And somehow, thanks to Alex Micheletti, good 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 friend of mine on Twitter, he said they're second in the league for too many men calls this year, which I was shocked mm. to find out that they were second. Yes. <laughs> Arizona has ten on the year. But that's the, wild, the wild have eight. Yeah. It feels like eighty. Every every. And I don't time. remember that being much of a problem the last couple of years. Do you? This seems like a new thing. It's it's incredible. And granted, I saw the clip of why it happened. It was just it was like a weird miscommunication where somebody was going off, and then last second, like just made a, the slightest cut up the ice, and then hmm. the three seconds that it was, it it was it was too many men. But why is this happening so often? It's it's the most avoidable thing ever. The only oh, other man. the only other penalty that you can avoid easily is embellishment. All mm. you have to do is not dive. All you have to do for too many men is count to five. <laughs> count to five. And in this case, it's easier. Count to three because you're playing in overtime. Count to three. Everybody can do that. Yeah. It, it, it's not like it's a jumbled mess out there on the ice. You're working with a lot of open space in overtime. One white sweater. Two white sweat. Okay, sweet. We're done. Nobody else go out on the ice unless somebody comes to the bench. It's not hard. I don't understand why this keeps happening. Were they trying to, like, do a change because someone was gassed and they were just, like, desperate to get a guy out there? Did you see it, what even happened? It was just Because, like, you know, like, guys weird, get gassed in overtime. They're yeah, desperate just, to get off the ice. It was a weird, like, transition through the neutral zone, and they interse- they took away the puck and started turning up ice Okay. Which is why the whoever it was made that weird cut to like rejoin the play, but then 
whoever was the puck carrier cycled back to like slow things down. But in that three seconds, somebody else came on. They had four guys. And okay. it, it, so it's not like somebody was out there for like a minute and a half to two minutes. No, And you no, had to get no, them off. No. And you're just desperate and you you tried to sneak something through and it no. didn't work. No, it's the, this it's was the just same, undisciplined hockey. It's the same thing as the Vikings having 10 guys out there for – uh, you know, a, for a field a, goal for, attempt, for like a three-yard run or something like that. You know, it's yeah. Yeah. It, 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 the amount of time that was out there shouldn't be, play a factor, but it is a penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's it's just so so. But long-winded way of saying, I think so. Mm. They they just need to stay out of the box. I I am so sick of turning <laughs> on this hockey game, this hockey team, and I see eight minutes of um. They had they had four penalty minutes taken before they had a shot in today's game. Wow. Good God. They opened up the game with two back-to-back. Mo- what, what are we, are we doing? doing? <laughs> what are we doing? I, I, it, it infuriates me. I can't, I can't stand it. Oh. I can't see because you can't start. I mean, like artists, let's, let's run, let's run a hundred meter dash. Oh God. But then you're like, you get up there. Not only do you, AJ get a head start, I'm also gonna only run with one leg. Yeah, nah. Yeah, it, like, and then you, you can't battle back from that. Yeah, it's tough. And th- the thing is, they did because they went up two zero, and then they took the entire second period off. It's just, it's oh. it's so stupid. It's so, so stupid. I, it's, it's it makes me it makes me upset. Um, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's this week in the Minnesota Wild. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, yeah, busy week in sports. We actually included all big four teams this week. We. Don't, don't, don't do expect, that. yeah, don't expect the Minnesota Twins to be back in the conversation until probably about April or so. No, we because... might. Well, we're gonna have to talk about it next week when they decline after the physical. Oh yes, of course, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> that news will probably break like an hour after we get off air here. So yeah, um, it's playoffs, guys. Circle back. It's playoffs again. It's been three years since the Vikings been at this point. Let's enjoy it. Let's also have some expectations for this team too. Let's hold them accountable. Oh, but yeah. well, except for. Except for you, AJ, who picked against uh, the it's, Vikings. The Giants are coming. They're coming. <laughs> they coming. It's inevitable. Vanilla Vic. Scary stuff. Anyway, uh, so. Saquon going for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Which, Ooh, by the that way, happens. That's, they're going to lose. Bad. Speaking that's, of which, uh, Saquon was apparently uh, saying on the field afterwards to Vikings players, we'll see you again. Yeah. We'll see you again after the first game. And uh, wish granted, Saquon. Here we go. Here we go. It'll be fun. They should do another whiteout. Because they did the whiteout against the Giants. They I, should just do another whiteout. No, one. I, 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 I actually to. don't like that because like that? That, that end zone was terrible to look oh, at. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And players did complain about it. Because like, I know TJ Hawkinson had a touchdown and he had to do like a little toe tap and he wasn't exactly sure like what's going yeah. on down here. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Enjoy the ride, everybody. It'll be fun no matter what, unless it's like a 41 donut situation again. We don't have to talk about that. Mm. So anyway, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Artists, you want to take us home? Yeah, please. Yes, yes. Well, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Taxi Squad. Make sure you give us a five-star rating on whatever streaming platform, whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. Make sure you go on the Score North website and download the podcast to give us our best rating and to help the podcast out even more. Let's go Vikings. Mm. Let's go Wild. Let's go Twins. Let's go Wolves. Okay, yeah. Catch you guys on the next episode of the Taxi Squad.